Welcome to Concafe for the 22nd day of January of our Lord 2024. I'm Pastor Eradio Valverde. I'm so glad you could join us. We're looking at the gospel for this coming Sunday, which is the gospel of Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 27 from the New International Version of the Bible. And uh, it's a powerful one. It's one you may want to spend more time with on your own after we finish this time together. And the title is Demons in Divine Places. Demons in Divine Places. You ready to get into God's Word? I am. Verse 21. They, referring to Jesus and the disciples, went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to preach and teach. People were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this, a new teaching? And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This, dear friends, is the word of God for the people of God, and we say, Gracias a Dios. Thanks be to God. Well, dear friend, may the blessings of God's power be with you as you lift up prayers for yourself, for your church, for your family, for persons in your life that matter, more so as you pray for people you don't even know. And may we as the body of Christ pray for those whom no one sees nor wants. Yes, they're out there. And if you say, I never see them, gotcha. I'm asking for a special prayer for a dear friend and colleague, the Reverend John Fletcher. He's pastor of Kelsey Memorial United Methodist Church in Corpus Christi. As a district superintendent, I knew of John, his abilities, and I asked for him to leave Shiner. And if you know any Shiner folks, please don't tell him. <laughs> and I wanted to bring him to this church some years ago, and he's still there doing a good job, a wonderful job caring, loving pastor, very thoughtful preacher. And John, thank God, has made an impact on many lives as well. John also has a daily devotional. So please pray for my brother John. He had a bout with cancer some time ago, and John won. But this past week, John was told that the cancer was back. And to quote John, it's back with a vengeance. May we pray that the vengeance of God be that which destroys the cancer in our brother's body and in all of those people we know and love who are battling cancer as well. Why do we pray? We pray because God answers prayer. Pray for all who asked your church to pray for them. That's your church's bulletin, which I hope you have with you. And pray for those who put their lives in harm's way to serve and to protect us. Amen. Now, most of our churches, at least in our brand of worship, 
Wesleyan style, Methodist style, have a worship space that we call the sanctuary. That's a beautiful and powerful word. Most of us of a certain age may remember the dear hearts who years ago, and we were children, <laughs> tried to keep us out of certain areas because of their sacredness or perceived sacredness in the hearts of these dear hearts. And they wanted us to maintain a certain silence and reverence during worship. I'm thankful my home church, El Buen Pastor Methodist, this was pre-1968 merger, in Kingsville did not have any strict restrictions about do not enter here or do not go there. We were free to roam and run wherever we needed, and mostly because we were given special responsibilities or roles during worship, and so we knew we could be in the choir, we could uh, help with communion, we could collect the offering, that sort of thing. And I believe really sincerely that that led to some of the molding that took place in my heart towards what would come uh, to me in the 11th grade of high school when God was calling me into ordained ministry. Now, friends, the sanctuary should be a safe heavens, safe haven for all who enter there to worship God. But alas, we don't have to look any further than recent news of shootings, murders in sanctuaries, or abuses in the same spaces, or harsh words being exchanged between brothers and sisters of the faith. And then even criticisms, angry criticisms leveled toward pastors, lay leaders from others, all in the safe haven that truly should be a sanctuary, if not the sanctuary. And this passage proves that even with the presence of Jesus in their midst, people in the synagogue there in Capernaum, there was a demon-possessed man. And on that morning, there was a disruption because of Jesus. Now, Jesus taught in that worship space on that Sabbath morning. Jesus taught, unlike the rabbis, with authority and a command of Jesus knowing and also being the Word. I tend to believe there is an excitement on Jesus' part in sharing truth and life and love. Now, he shared with love of the people, which, by the way, is the secret to great preaching. My mentor, the late Reverend Jose Galindo, would tell me, if the people know that you love them, you can read pages from the phone book, and they'll say it was a great sermon. Now, I have to confess, I've yet to preach from the phone book. And the hard part today would be in finding one. <laughs> Kids, if you don't know what a phone book is, ask grandma or grandpa, and they'll, they'll show you. Now, Jesus preaching that day threw out or drew out the demon's fear. Notice what the demon says right away. What do you want from us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Now, there are several things we should note in the demon's word. Number one, the demon knew Jesus by name. And he was afraid of Jesus because the fame of Jesus, you don't think demons gossip? Demons are the, the fathers of gossip. 
And so they gossip about this man out there on the earth, walking the, the, the realm in which we live and talking about God. So they knew Jesus by name. They knew him by fame and they knew him by power as well. That question, have you come to destroy us? What does that say? Ouch. I'm afraid. They knew Jesus's power and ability to destroy them or at least to get rid of them. We don't need read about any other deity having such encounters. Muhammad, Buddha, any other so-called divine characters never were called by name or feared by demons, or at least that I've read. This man in whom the demon lived had had more than his share of darkness in his life. At some point, this man had an encounter with evil and evil came to reside in him. Hear that. That encounter with darkness and evil allowed that demon to come in and live, reside in that man. Friends, evil is real. Evil comes from Satan. And as the scripture says, Satan roams around like a lion searching for someone to devour. Don't believe me? Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 8, we'll find that. And in that roaming around, he found this man. The evil controlled the man, allowing for some liberties like going to worship in the synagogue. And this could lead to an entire discussion about why the man sought the sacredness of the synagogue while possessed by a demon. Now, the demon hears what it didn't want to hear. Jesus commands it to be quiet and then to leave the man. That was it. The demons, as it had feared, had its existence or its residence inside this man threatened and then ended, for Jesus confronted the darkness and broke it. The pain of the outside world that had come to live inside the man had met him who delivers us from such pain and miserable existences. The people were amazed at Jesus' authority and this new teaching. They saw and believed that Jesus could control demons and the darkness they represented. And they were determined to share these news with others. And the entire region of Galilee heard of Jesus' power and ministry. Friends, as we live out our lives, we need to have our hearts open to the authentic teachers of love and hope that we have around us. Those who speak with deep, deep convic conviction and whose words resonate with our spirits. We should also not fear the darkness because we know Jesus. There are struggles and pain in the world, and we should face them with Jesus on our side. Jesus represents and is the light of the world. We need him and nothing else. We should also come to believe in the power of God's word. Jesus presents new beginnings and transformation that can happen if we but turn to him. If we are struggling with darkness, let him take over and let him give you light. In Jesus, come to embrace, embrace the potential of change that's needed in your life. There is no need to continue trusting in things outside of God's realm. Let's pray. Loving God, grant us ears to hear your voice spoken through authentic teachers and whispered within our hearts. Help us to face the darkness in ourselves and in the world with courage and faith. 
and open our spirits to the transformative power of your word, that we may experience the wonder of new beginnings and walk in the light of your love. For it's in Christ Jesus' strong name that we pray. Amen. Dear friend, have a great and blessed day in the Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Here's your call to action. Seek authentic teachers that help you confront darkness with faith and love. If you don't know of an authentic teacher, talk to your pastor. Talk to some of the members of your church and ask them, who do you consider to be an authentic teacher? Get with them. Friends, receive my love for you. I love you and I thank God for you and I thank you for tuning in. I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. I also pray this if this has blessed you, just pass it on to others. Let them know of the power of Christ to make new the old in us, to bring light to the darkness in us, and to make us truly new creatures of love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.